Help us make a better podcast. Go to StarWarsReport.com slash survey and take the super easy 10-question 2019 Star Wars Report listener survey as we look to explore what we can do to make the show better for you guys going into the new year. StarWarsReport.com slash survey. Phenomenon is captivating the Making nation the with lights. North America's newspapers is none other than Star Wars Jedi. You can't run from Star Wars frenzy. The very first time I saw the word Star Wars. Two seventeen, take nine. And three, two, one, action. Well, I was eleven years old. It was in a magazine, and I remember seeing the words and saying aloud. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Have you even seen Star Wars? She's never seen Star Wars. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. Star Wars is just an important part of everyone's history. He signed his action figure. Right here. I sat outside the theater to watch them at midnight with my dad. It was designed to fire the imaginations of every girl or boy who yearns for adventure. People's love for it. It's just massive. Star Wars is a, a milestone for people. The Force is with us. I gotta get to Star Wars. You're more than just fans, you're family. <laughs> Red Five standing by. Something that people carry with them now, forever and ever. Now with the final trailer for the Skywalker Saga release. I can still be a part of the family costume. You are my father. The International Space Station watches The Last Jedi. Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. It's about family, and that's what's so powerful about it. They're sharing something that moved them. You're glad that you're finishing, but savoring every moment because you know it is the last. This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. It's under one month, people. Less than a month until, uh, well, one of the most iconic film franchises of all time. Our dearly beloved Star Wars concludes. Kind of. Skywalker, the Skywalker. The Skywalker, the Skywalker saga, guys. In case you haven't heard that news 
that press release. Skywalker Saga closing out. Um, and uh, if you were watching the American Music, Award, uh, Music Awards last night, like I definitely wasn't, um, you would have seen what you just heard at the top of the episode. There's this really amazing, I don't know, sizzle, trailer, emotional look, mini documentary, basically a look at the impact, the cultural impact of um, Star Wars. It's really a celebration of what it's become. It's a good reminder of just what a juggernaut Star Wars is, has been culturally. It's it's almost like hey hey remember hey Marvel we're we're still a big deal we're still a a, a big deal this Star Wars thing people like the Star Wars stuff hey guys welcome to the Star Wars Report podcast I imagine you like Star Wars uh, that's why you're listening to this I'm Riley Blanton your host for today's podcast um, we're counting down we're in the middle of the countdown to Rise of Skywalker in our special uh, three times a week format Monday Wednesday Friday 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when a new episode drops in the podcast feed. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you should make sure you do it right now. But we got a lot to talk about. Um, and uh, again, the news, the new clips, the uh, interviews, the reveals keep coming fast and uh, hot and heavy. Uh, starting last night with the Music Awards, with this celebration. And then even this morning on Good Morning America... J.J. Abrams was on and introduced some new clips and talked a little bit about Rise of Skywalker, and he has some pretty um, some pretty juicy tidbits about it too. So let's talk about it in the news. We have something to report. Closer, I have the news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. So we'll have a link to it in the show notes, um, as always. But this featurette that they aired during the. Uh, American Music Awards. It's like it's less than three minutes, but it it, it basically captures all forty two years of the Star Wars franchise. Um, everything from the original trilogy to from the prequel era to the Disney era. Now, basically, it's um it's a look at the cultural touchstone of Star Wars and just like how much it, it, even with like some of those throwback clips of Johnny Carson talking it's Star Wars you know you hear about the Star Wars thing um, but it, it, it doesn't shy away at all a lot of prequel uh, footage Natalie Portman Ewan McGregor like shots from the behind the scenes of um, uh, the, the Mustafar fight juxtaposed against behind the scenes shot of uh, Adam Driver prepping a lightsaber fight from Rise of Skywalker um, and some behind-the-scenes shots of Rise of Skywalker itself, including Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, and kind of a little miniature heartfelt tribute to Peter Mayhew. He's shown there with the with the Chewbacca roars and, and of course, Carrie Fisher. And I, I just liked the way that it um, celebrates the, the whole saga and, again, really helps them push forward this message that this is the final film. And I think a part of that's marketing. I think a part of that can be attributed to the fact that, you know, if, if this is seen as the final film, more people are going to go see it. They, I remember they marketed like the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It's the last time you'll see Captain Jack. And of course they've made two more since then. Um, but I, part of me is, is still hopeful that this really is a sense of finality for, our core characters um and because like it's not just like they're saying this in interviews that's what we're seeing in the clips um like even 
like 3PO's little line taking one last look at my friends. Uh, like we talked about that a lot last week and what that means. And in fact, um, we actually got, we got some emails in this episode that I'm going to hit on later in the episode that'll kind of dig into the idea of saying farewell to some of these characters and, you know, basically giving them a, a send off. Um, but it's, it's, I was trying to think, I didn't really notice a lot of new clips. I can't help but notice though, the interesting thing about, as I, as I'm kind of scrubbing through the video, watching it here, the interesting thing about seeing all this old footage from the seventies and eighties that they intersperse as far as, you know, everybody going crazy over Star Wars. There's Roger Ebert and all of these pop culture clips of the Muffet, everything from the Muppets to Phineas and Ferb to Dancing with the Stars. They really are just showing all, and it's even they kind of cross political parties here. Take a listen where they have Ronald Reagan and Barack Obama. People, the Force is with us. I got to get to Star Wars. You know, they're just kind of showcasing this crosses Star Wars crosses all all boundaries. And if I'm honest, sometimes I get a little, uh, um, I squint my eyes a little bit sometimes at these sizzles and trailers that Lucasfilm puts out that, you know, like, especially for celebration and stuff that are showing like all the fans going crazy over the latest trailer and, you know, going absolutely nuts and giant crowds at, you know, at Star Wars celebration sort of as if that's what the Star Wars cultural phenomena is because it is like a big freaking deal but you know th there were massive crowds at Star Wars Celebration long before there were you know trailers for new movies long before we were all filming reaction videos and uh, posting you know shot by shot scene grabs and in, in you know every trailer on Twitter and discussing and analyzing every little tiny plot point like that's not the the, um, the nitty-gritty is not what has made star wars the cultural phenomenon it is um like all star wars had in 2010 or what it, which was the first time i went to star wars celebration all they had was clone wars the the TV show had come out and or had come out and they were talking about that and like some some comics oh and they announced the Blu-ray the the sock was coming on Blu-ray but it's funny because we have these different like touchstones through fandom through the cultural history of Star Wars that are that are kind of similar and kind of different in some ways and I kind of that's what it, this video reminded me of and that I wanted to talk about in today's episode because it's not I. I want to make this clear. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that like Star Wars Celebration's a big deal and everybody gets so hyped about these new trailers because that's like that's literally what we're doing in the show. We're counting down to the new movie and breaking down all the new TV spots and the you know, JJ Abrams TV appearances. Like that's all fun. And in fact, that's a I love this as as a sort of pastime to um to build excitement for and and just get hyped with my friends for the new Star Wars movie. I think that's um that's all well and good, but you kind of look at moments in Star Wars, and it's it's almost like it, this year's 2019. Um, just think think about this in you know 1979. You know, it's Star Wars is at its, its all time high. Empire Strikes Strikes Back is literally about to come out. Um, it's come off of two huge theatrical releases, making it the biggest movie of all time. 
But by the time you fast forward 10 years later, 1989, Star Wars, as far as new releases, new content, you know, the new trailers, quote unquote. Of course, there's no Twitter back then. You know, 1989, that's the, that's the sort of famous dark days of Star Wars. Um, but it was still there. I always talked. I always hear like my buddy Steve Glosson or people, or, or actually Scott Rifen. He'll be coming on um, one of the future episodes here, and he always talks about like people. You know, that was considered the dark times of Star Wars, but for him it wasn't. He was he was a, still a huge fan and 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 loving, um, you know, the RPGs or the uh, you know I guess a few years later the Thrawn books that would become it just because there weren't new movies at the time doesn't mean that Star Wars wasn't this shared experience and I think that's what you you have to have a core story that connects with people to make that the kind of cultural impact that Star Wars has and I think as we're getting quite literally as part of this podcast sucked into the hype sucked into the hype of a new movie coming out it's easy to kind of not take that moment to appreciate what it is about Star Wars that makes that core mythology something that connects to people on just a friend-to-friend, family-to-family, father-to-son, mother-to-daughter level. Because if it didn't connect there, if it didn't work there, if it weren't kids wanting to play on the playground as, you know, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in, you know, 1984, or... Uh, if it weren't my dad wanting to show me The Empire Strikes Back for the first time, but saying uh, it was late at night and we couldn't watch the whole movie, did we want to wait and watch the whole movie or, you know, watch half now and half later? Delayed gratification or uh, instant gratification, of course. You know, I think 13-year-old me, whatever I was, chose instant gratification. But, like, those memories, those moments in that, that Star Wars as a mythology, as a story provides are the foundation, I think, of what makes it connect on a mass cultural level. So when you see this kind of giant sizzle reel of, um, you know, giant crowds at Celebration, huge lines in 1980, uh, all of the pop culture references that it, that is just part of the lexicon, part of the language we speak as a culture, the language of Star Wars, I think it's just important to recognize that that's, that's at the core uh, what makes it special, and that's honestly like uh, this morning. Um, you know, I'm going back through and rewatching the all of the films. I just started Attack of the Clones in the buildup, uh, and it just reminded me of how not but a few months ago I got to sort of reintroduce my my fiance to the films. She saw them growing up, but it was just this really, really fun shared experience that I mean, honestly, is better than anything. Um, it's it's just literally watching those films that I've loved so much for so many years and sharing them with someone that's so special to me. That's that's way, that's a way more special experience than you know getting a new trailer or even getting a new movie. And I, I think that's where we have the opportunity in the hype leading up to the final Skywalker saga film to remind us, remind ourselves what it is about Star Wars that we love and that makes us makes it special and and share that with someone that we are close to and honestly for me especially these days that's what star wars is about this is steve sansweet you're listening to the star wars report ah steve sansweet
Love that guy. Speaking of that uh, 2010 era of Star Wars fandom, I miss that dude uh, being at fan relations. Um, all right, so let's let's actually dig into it. Wow, that was a long opening segment. I didn't realize I had that much to say <laughs> about it. But um, so the we we have that feature at the debuted at the American Music Awards, and then uh, we have a Good Morning America. Uh, this is five minute segment. I'm actually going to let most of it play through. We'll pause and talk about it as we go through. But J.J. Abrams was on um, Good Morning America. And let's take a listen to what he had to say. 24 days from now, the final chapter of the epic series, The Rise of Skywalker. And last night, director J.J. Abrams talked about it all with a blockbuster ad during the AMAs. The very first time I saw the word Star Wars. 217, take nine. And three, two, one, action. I was 11 years old. It was in a magazine. And I remember seeing the words and saying aloud, Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Have you even seen Star Wars? She's never seen Star Wars. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. Star Wars is just an important part of everyone's history. And J.J. Abrams. Wearing a dashing so sweater. The first moment you heard Star Wars, and now it's all coming to an end. Isn't that crazy? It is a little crazy. <laughs> is the movie done? Uh, just. But yesterday. Okay. Yesterday. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's still here this morning. Oh uh, yes, it's done. It's done. So uh, now people have to see it. Yeah, and you were really, I mean, reshooting right up, right up through October? Well, don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, this happened last time as well. We do, you know, you see th- something, you think, oh, you know what? That could be a little clearer. That could be a little bit better. And, and if you have the ability to fix the piece, you take advantage of that. Yeah, and you, you said... That endings are scary. Together. Yeah. To you. How scary was this? Well, it was scary. Part, part of it was scary because, you know, I care about it so much. Part of it was it's, it's an ending not of three films, but of nine films. And it, it means a lot to a lot of people, and, and us included. So, um, you know, we, we felt the pressure, but the opportunity was always greater than the, the challenge. And now you... So, and it really does, it, it, it sounds like it's on track. Of course, the reshoots, we, reshoots, we've talked about that a little bit. Pretty standard fare, but I'm willing to bet that, like, you want to get this movie right. Like, this movie has to... And it's obvious to me that J.J. just loves this story and does really care. I don't... That's not just... That's not a BS marketing line when he talks about he wants this. It's it's literally scary for him because he does care about it that much, Um, which is why they only evidently did Picture Lock yesterday, which is right on track, but like... Less than a month out. Usually, you know, I don't remember the timeline off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was over a month out. Usually when, when these films are, are basically picture locked, they're done editing and they need to be ready to be prepped for, you know, distribution and all that stuff. So um, it'll, be, um, it'll be interesting to see the the onslaught of, of TV spots and footage and stuff. Cause that's when the, the market, that's why we start the podcast uh, ramp up at the time we do, because in this last month, that's when they really do increase the, the rate of marketing. So it just makes sense that it's done, but it's kind of surreal. It's done. It's, it's as of literally yesterday. You all get to see a little bit of it set. Tell us what we're going to see right here. <clears throat> uh, th- this is a, a sequence early in the movie when our character's adventure just is beginning and, uh, and they get into a little bit of trouble. Okay, let's look. Speeder chase scene. We spotted the fugitives. 
so that's that speeder speeder chase scene that he actually explicitly says now which we were pretty sure was in the beginning of the movie uh, and also it makes sense that they're not picking a big you know character spoiler moment but we know you know early in this movie this is when ray finn and poe and 3po and bb8 are all on this adventure uh, on this like uh, big desert planet uh uh, speeder speeder bike chase and and we get to see the two first order i don't want to call them speeder bikes because they're really not they're on treads which is really cool design which we've seen a little bit of here and there but like that moment when they fly of course it's just the they basically have a catapult launching mechanism to hurdle these jetpack troopers into the air um to get close and take shots at them so they fly now basically is the the takeaway it's pretty cool i like the moment it's it's obviously kind of an action-packed scene and it's very star warsy um high speed chase through desert pod racing mixed with uh you know the speeder bike chase scene and indoor um mixed with you know that the, there's so many star wars chase scenes i was just watching attack the clones the uh the you know coruscant car chase um is there a chase scene let's see revenge of the sith not really a chase scene per se unless you count like Obi- anakin and obi-wan on the mining droids chasing each other around <laughs> that's about the closest i can think of off the top of my head um but yeah no it, it's just right out of the like fast action uh you know speed thrill seeking um vibe that george lucas loved so much uh in the original Worldwide exclusive sneak peek, and it's just a little bit of <laughs> and then it goes right to end titles. So it's a very strange movie. <laughs> how, how much should everybody know about the end while you were filming? Um, well, the the actors knew. I mean, it was the, the security is, is insane. I mean, the the, the company they, they were really nervous about anything getting out, and so you know they they had only a handful of scripts, and they were printed on crazy uncopyable paper, and it was. Uh, and then one of our actors, and I'm not going to say which one, <laughs> I want to, but I won't, uh, left it under <clears throat> their bed, and it was found by someone who was cleaning their place, and it was g- given to someone else who then went to sell it on eBay, and someone at the company said, you know, there's a script that looks like it's a legit script that's for sale on eBay. And, uh, it, so you it, bought it. And, and so, um, no, and, and they got it back before it sold. So with all the security, uh, you, you got to be careful of, of... We get a little bit of a taste of that whenever there's a, like a, a preview or a trailer. Automatically, hundreds of thousands of people on the Internet are figuring everything out about the movie, or think they are. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it, well, it's incredible how much... And, and I'm, of course, only grateful that people care enough to look into this stuff and, and want it. But it's amazing how much people read into the small details, and which is the key to doing a movie like this, which is that you want to make sure the details have meaning and, and matter because you know that they're going to be scrutinized like crazy. No, <laughs> we don't. We never do that. I don't know what you're talking about, J.J. Abrams. Question about it. Last year, you posted, of course, that uh, Instagram about Carrie Fisher, how it was bittersweet mm. to be filming this final episode without her. But you did find an ingenious way to work her into the film. Well, it was impossible for us to figure out how to tell the, the end of the Skywalker saga without Leia. She's such an, an important character. And Carrie, whom I, I loved, uh, you know, we needed to have her in the movie somehow. And we realized that there were probably five or six scenes that we'd never used from uh, The Force Awakens. And we went back and looked at the footage and realized we could 
tell the story. We could create scenes with her. But we did it in a really interesting way where we, we used her footage and then everything we did in the scene was built around, written around, lit around what we had of her. Um, and there are some scenes with her that are, I think, really moving. And I, I, it's still impossible for me to believe she's not here. We've been working with her in the editing room now for almost a year. Um, and she's vital and she's there and she's funny and spirit. She's Leia in this movie. It's, it's yeah. sort of surreal. Well, we cannot wait to see it, JJ. Thanks for coming in. Okay. No, we do. We do get a little bit of. Um, we do get a little bit more detail on the Leia stuff because that again, and it's going to be this whole time when they talk about these scenes. It, JJ has to walk that fine line of, 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 of making sure people understand that they're respecting Carrie Fisher's legacy and and Leia as a character, without honestly coming off as sounding gross for using a character's likeness for when an an actress has, has passed on and that's a just that's just a tough line to walk we've talked about it a lot on the show but he did offer up that additional detail that these are like five or six scenes that they're working with which tells me that they're they're using leia in a sparing but meaningful way like she's not just going to be you know inserted throughout the entire movie as if nothing's changed in awkward ways where the dialogue doesn't fit. It makes it makes me reassured that they chose the footage that would work well to create a key moment or maybe several key moments where Leia can impact the future, I think probably uh, through Rey. And I think that's where probably a lot of the original script that had, you know, Han Solo's movie kind of being The Force Awakens, Luke's movie being The Last Jedi and Leia's movie being The Rise of Skywalker, I think a lot of that bigger Leia role that she had to play, it just makes sense that that's passed on to Rey, however that manifests itself. Um, but, you know, they've already kind of showed us, um, they, they've, they, I mean, they've already showed us, you know, it's literally Rey hugging Leia is the only shot we've seen of Leia in any of these trailers. So that just makes sense to me that they're willing that they're willing to do that um yeah it's it's man that's a lot of um that's a lot of (laughs) a a lot of stuff just in one five minute segment on good morning america um but that's not all we have today i do want to i'm gonna hit speaking of analyzing things i'm gonna hit we we have a new tv spot these things always come so much uh there's so many of these freaking things i don't want to get behind on them um there's one it's called fate uh, and it features an interesting shot of Kylo Ren that I wanted to talk about. Let's, let's, oh, God. After the ad. It is called Fate. It's Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. After we hear about Subaru. Okay, there we go. <laughs> if I could skip it, guys, I would. Confronting fear. It's the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. This mission fails. It was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your journey is its end. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Tickets available now. So they only had a couple of new shots, but the what the stuff that we are working with is is pretty interesting. Mainly the um. 
mainly this shot of the uh, the Knights of Ren. This, this this TV spot also had the catapulting speeder uh, thing, but the uh, the shot of the Knights of Ren shows six of them standing on this plateau in, in on a desert planet, probably the same one where the speeder bike chase is, which is probably the same one where we see Ray and Kylo in that first trailer. Um, I mean, just putting pieces together. I, I again, I don't read spoilers, guys. This, I'm only going off of what what's officially put out. Um, but basically, it's the six of them all looking very well, freaking samurai, with a, a whole host of various medieval weapons. One dude's like holding a freaking mace, like a a vibro mace. Remember that in the old EU, and like everything was a vibro something, a vibro axe. A vibro pike, so I don't know, something like that. Um, I mean, they all have the sort of similar black attire that we all know of the Knights of Ren, but um, it's kind of cool to get a better look at their weaponry and the fact that I, mean, I, th- I think they're going to play a, a somewhat pivotal role in this in this film, especially when it comes to the redemption or non-redemption of Kylo Ren. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. All I'm saying is I, I want a freaking mace that the Knights of Ren have. That's all I'm saying, people. This is the Star Wars Report Podcast. Apology accepted, Captain Nido. That's right. Uh, hey, this episode of the uh, Star Wars Report podcast is brought to you by the the Fan Dummies podcast. You should check them out. Uh, Fan Dummies is awesome. They uh, run twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. They release new podcast episodes covering TV shows, movies, comic books, much more. They've got stuff for superhero fans. If you uh, if you're into uh, Supergirl or the Flash comics, they've got a really cool Crash Course series and one upcoming on uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earth. If you're into the fantasy stuff, they've got a Dark Crystal and Carnival Row uh, episodes that you should definitely check out. Sci-fi fans, especially you Trekkies, um, check out their uh, new series that's coming out on Picard. And, you know, Star Wars. I don't know. If you've heard about it, uh, there's a Star Wars coming out, and uh, they're covering it. Everything Rise of Skywalker to Mandalorian. Uh, it's all at the Fan Dummies podcast, and so you should definitely check them out. Fandummies.com, fandummies.com, and we do think the Fan Dummies podcast for supporting us here at the Star Wars Report. And all right, let's bring him in. We've got uh, we've got some feedback on uh, on the podcast, and you can email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. We're going to talk some Mandalorian follow-ups and uh, a little bit more conversation about uh, C-3PO, which on the very first episode of Star Wars Tonight this year, uh, I had one Mark Newbold on, and that's how this whole thing started. So let's bring him back, Mr. Mark Newbold. What's up, man? Oh, how you doing, mate? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. So, we well, I'll start with uh, since we last talked, there's been two episodes of The Mandalorian. Yes, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> um, but we got a, we got an email from Paul. Um, says uh, The Mandalorian. I have to admit, I was a little let down after watching the first episode. Uh, but with time and reflection, I realized that the reason was misplaced expectations. My bar for Mandalorian was Stranger Things, so I expected a Stranger Things experience, and that's definitely not what this show is. And I run into this problem. I'll fall in love with a show and then look for something to replace it. But then all my expectations are based on the previous show. And I was a huge <laughs> fan after the series finale, which I thought was brilliant. So I went searching for a new show, Breaking Bad. Didn't work. So I was expecting something like Lo- um, you know, like when you went from Lost to Breaking Bad or now going Stranger Things to here. But 
um, after watching it, this is from Paul, I found myself thinking that the next day that I had to watch it again, and I loved it much more the second time, and the same thing with the second episode, I felt compelled to watch it again, uh, and I never done that with Stranger Things. Uh, now, some of that could be the release format, of course, you know, they're releasing it week to week instead of uh, all binged, um, but... The point remains from Paul. There's this tremendous rewatchability, um, Mark. So you're you, you. How many times do you find yourself rewatching um, Mandalorian? Because listen, I don't rewatch stuff. That's just not a thing I do at this stage of life. Game of Thrones, some of my favorite TV show ever, is I almost never rewatch episodes. And this most recent episode of the Mandalorian, I did rewatch, which is a big deal for me because I almost never do. Uh, I I totally get when you say at, at my stage of life. I think my stage of life is slightly more advanced than yours, and I'm exactly the same. Um, and and it's a really good comparison. Stranger Things, I adore that show and Game of Thrones. Loved it. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Game of Thrones twice, and certainly not Stranger Things. Mando, three episodes in, I've seen each episode three times. Mm. Uh, and and what Paul says is so true. The first yeah. time I saw, I loved the first episode. Blew me away straight off the bat. Second yeah. episode watched it the first time and thought filler and then I, I thought no give it give it a chance come mm. on two episodes in give it a chance watched it again and and picked up so many more things on the second viewing that now it's definitely not a filler episode it, it's it's really every bit as valuable as the other two episodes mm. so yeah it, there is a weird rewatchability it's a good word but yeah I, I think it is one of those shows that week to week it'll it will get multiple plays before yeah. the next episode comes out well and you have to i think this is the key with mandalorian now three episodes in um that it it's not it's rewatchability is not because it's some epic uh you know saga changing yeah. mythology um, I think you really have to accept what I think Fav- Favreau is trying to do with it, which is this is a Star Wars serial. This is what, you know, this is what it would have been if, you know, George Lucas made a serialized Star Wars live action series in, you know, the 60s or 70s uh, inspired by Flash Gordon. Like that's that's where the whole like assault on the Sandcrawler uh, fortress, it, that mm. feels like that feels like something that you would watch out of a, you know, an old Lone Ranger episode or Flash Gordon serial, just this like a wacky, weird serial adventure. And once you accept it for that and appreciate it for that, I think you just have more fun with the series. Well, it's funny. uh, The comparison I thought when I was watching it the first time, it is a bit like Stagecoach. It is a bit like the old Westerns trying to catch the runaway train sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, I think, think in terms of Star Wars, it's like, literally a slower moving version of the convey x scene in solo when they're trying to hoist the train of course you know that's a lot more a lot faster a lot more going on there's more at risk and everything else but but for what it is and like you say it's it's a smaller it's a much more linear it's one man's story at this point Mm -hmm. you know i think it'll expand but i loved it and we, we did an episode of making tracks earlier sorry about that we did an episode of making tracks earlier and um you know we kind of pointed out that that Favreau is clearly there's 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 elements that sort of remind you of Iron Man there's mm. there's different elements that are kind of coming in you know he's got his own style and his own sort of template but that that as, as we work the way through the story there's going to be all these little nuggets that we pick up as it goes along so I think even if I watched episode two again yeah I'll pick up something else. It'll be something else. I'll pick up the fact that you learned more about Jawas in this one episode of the Mandalorian. <laughs> and you've probably learned about them in the last 40 years. Yeah. You know, and I know they're off world Jawas, but they're the same species, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I was super impressed with it. Yeah. I think, um, 
Well, first of all, as a Brit, um, you have to you have to be thinking that if Cadbury ha- doesn't have a promotional tie-in with the series, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? Why do they Massive even exist? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, and, and that's Paul. I think makes a great point as to the it's rewatchable, but again, not because it's some some life changing thing about the Skywalker saga, which is what all we're hearing yeah. about uh, that we were talking about early in the episode with J.J. Abrams on Good Morning America, and it, it almost kind of relieves that sense of pressure. You just like I saw J.J. on, on, on GMA. He just looks stressed. They locked the picture yesterday. He probably was up till three in the morning trying to get everything perfect. Um, but whereas it just seems more like Mandalorian, they're just having fun with it. Yeah, and also I suppose you know what? What is it? I mean, the second episode was thirty minutes long, but the others have been sort of nearer forty. Yeah. So you're probably looking at what eight episodes. You're probably looking at you know six hours of television, six hours to st- over a season to tell a story. Whereas JJ's got to cram it into. I know the same. You know, was it two hours thirty or something? But you're probably going to have half an hour of credits. So you know, he's got to he's got to cram in a lot of story. Yeah into that time period so and and i would argue there's as much riding on rise of skywalker as there was on force awakens oh yeah so because, you know it, it just feels really important and they've brought the big hitter in to do it and mm-hmm. uh, yeah i i think you'll knock it out the park but it is a huge amount of pressure yeah yeah i think they've they, they've got the right man to do it but we we've talked about uh, like the pressure on this movie the idea of of sort of wrapping up this story and uh, we got an email from tristan um it says, hello again, as always. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks, Tristan. Um, uh, in light of your recent episode in- involving C-3PO's, I first read this email and I thought, C-3PO, I like the serial. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>, C-3- <laughs> C-3PO's role in the upcoming movie. I thought I'd offer my thoughts on the subject. As much as I would like 3PO and R2-D2 to have a good send-off, I've noticed something concerning in the trailer that, to be fair, is a trend I've noticed in a lot of movies in the past decade. In the scene where C-3PO saying, is saying, taking one last, taking one last look. At my friends. Um, he's seemingly speaking to uh, two characters we've never met and two characters C-3PO has never shared a scene with or spoken to, Ray and Finn. Uh, BB-8, um, uh, uh, BB-8, who's only said uh, R2-D2 in low-power mood, too. Uh, and Poe, which is the only substantial scene uh, interacting um, with 3PO, saying, I want to be a part of... Or I won't be a part of Poe's mutiny. So he's talking about we, there's been limited interaction with like the people he's surrounded with, and so I don't know what friends he's talking to. To be fair, it seems that Chewie and R two D two may be in that scene, but one fourth of the characters being present, having a connection to the to the emotional moment, feels unearned. The trend I mentioned earlier being that movies want to have emotional moments that are filmed and scored in a way to convey those emotions but are contextually empty. Clearly, C-3PO is speaking to the audience because this is probably the last time we'll see C-3PO in a movie. But in the context of the movie, it doesn't make any sense. To be fair, it's just a trailer and maybe completely different in the final product. So I think uh, Tristan brings up an interesting point here where that's, I think, this... I, I'm not as Chris. I'm probably not as pessimistic as you are, but I will say I think you're you are identifying the greatest challenge of this film, which is how to to earn that sense of finality and that sense that that emotional weight to a moment. Um, and that's I think that's probably JJ's biggest challenge in in completing this saga. Uh, yeah. Mark, what do you think? How do you think? Do you see that as a big challenge? And if so, like, what do you think's the the needle that that Abrams and company have to to, to thread here? 
That's 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 a really insightful question. To be fair, I mean, yeah, looking at who's in that scene, it, it is all by it's almost all by inference. It's it's almost like they've expected you to have read every book and comic to understand that there's a relationship with these characters beyond what you've seen in the sort of two films previously. Yeah. Um, it is a problem. I I wonder in the moment thinking of what of that question. I wonder how Lucas would have dealt with it. Would Han, Leia, and uh, well, not, not Leia, it was out of everybody's hands, but would, would Luke and Han still have been uh, involved in the, the third chapter of the story? So if 3PO is saying that to Luke, or even to Han, given their fractious relationship, it holds a lot more weight than saying it to Poe. No disrespect to Poe. So so it is a really good question. Um, I, I, I can only assume that comes later on in the film and, that, and they've all been working together. I mean, I interviewed, here we go, I interviewed Anthony Daniels recently, yeah. and he give any details but he did say this is 3PO's biggest film since Return of the Jedi he's, he's got the most to do um, so he's, he sounds and feels like he's quite important to this film uh, if he's saying it to R2 mm-hmm. he's not saying to my friend it's to my friend so he's being broader he, you know as a character 3PO has evolved you know he is in charge of the droid spy network he's got more going on as a character so he's maybe not quite as as um He's not quite the character he was sort of 30 years ago at the time of Jedi. He's evolved. He's learned another million languages and all the other stuff that's that's been tacked on. Um, but, yeah, it's a tricky thing for JJ. If you look at it that way, as a kid, you know, he says in that GMA thing and the video that got released earlier, you know, I've been, you know, first time I saw Star Wars, I was 11 years old and, you know, and it took me away and all that. Mm. Um, and in his, in his head... When he was making Star Wars films as a kid, in his head, it was Han, Luke, and Leia, and Chewie, and 3PO, and R2. You know, you yeah. can imagine the characters that he was imagining he would deal with, and he did to a certain degree. Obviously, Han and Leia very much in Force Awakens, but this is the big bow on the, the on the parcel at the very end of the, the Skywalker saga. So, mm. I don't know. No wonder he looks stressed on GMA. It's a huge <laughs> thing, and 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 yeah. the point the point of the point they made of of earning earning those emotional beats. The, the film I bang on the most about that irritates me is Star Trek Into Darkness when they do the the uh, Spock and, and Kirk oh, yeah. con scene, but flip it. And they, they've earned nothing. It doesn't matter because you don't... And that's a JJ film. It doesn't matter because, okay, you know Spock and you know Kirk, and they were coasting on the emotional connections laid down by other people. And it's a weird connection to make to The Mandalorian in the sense that you look at... The Mandalorian, you think of Boba Fett, you look at IG-11, you think of IG-88. This familiar silhouettes that Star Wars keeps bringing back, like Star Destroyers, TIE Fighters, X-Wings, they're all kind of evoking other stuff that has had longer to earn the connection Mm. or longer to earn the emotion. It's clever in the sense of The Mandalorian because they're setting up something brand new, but in terms of Rise of Skywalker, it it is tricky. So hats off to Tristan. That's a a really good question. It is. I I, haven't got the answer to it. I know. (laughs) I I don't think we have an answer to it, obviously, until we see the film, but I I think you you point out something, Mark, that I think is is pretty astute, which is you you, you don't want the earning to come just from previous films or previous iterations so say say just like alternate universe we have um luke and han and leia in this scene and it's 3po looking at them and it's his it's his farewell and you you will have an emotional weight that comes from those previous movies but that doesn't give this movie its chance to tell its story and so i think that is there's an opportunity there to Yes, the primary like connection to the original trilogy and, and 3PO's friends 
that he's that he's seen and that he knows best are um R2D2 and Chewbacca, which they're both, by the way, he says, I'll, I'll actually have it pulled up here. Let's take a, take a listen. This is what he says. Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. He literally looks over to the side and it's a shot, it's a shot of R2D2 and then a shot of Chewbacca. And so that's, yeah. that's what the trailer's pointing to. Of course, we don't know how the actual scene plays out, but that's, that's, that's what it has to work with. That's the starting point. But but I think we do have to like tie Ray's connection to Luke and her connection with Han um, yeah. to to three PO, which I don't think is 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 for nothing. Like even the three PO himself doesn't have as much of a connection to to Ray. At least you know throughout the course of the movie that might change. But so far that we know of, um, they certainly have that sort of um, con- you know concentric circles of of friends where. Ray is the most connected character to the original uh, yeah. trilogy characters at this point. Yeah, she is. And, and also, yeah, it's a good point. And, and you kind of don't discount that, but it's still, it still feels to me like we're just getting started with these films and they're finishing, yeah. you know, especially with the sequel trilogy, it feels still feels fresh, um, which is good, which is really good. And also I think with 3PO as well, because he's, he's, he's a service droid. He's in service to, the rebellion and, and then the republic and now the resistance you know so he's he's you know by his wiring just emotionally as much as a droid can be invested in this group of people so and and i would guess you go back 10 years go back 20 years and go 30 years back to jedi that circle of people is broader than what we purely would have seen on the screen because there's all the other people he would deal with you know as, as a as a functioning protocol droid you know so yeah. so i suppose you've got to give him some life experience beyond what we know but it, again it's like you just said if that alternate universe it had been han luke and leia in that scene if it had been mark carry and harrison it would have had probably most of us in genuine tears like yeah. if it's shatner and nimoy and deforest kelly playing spock and yeah. kirk and, and mccoy but if it's Carl Urban and Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto playing those characters, it's not the same. If it's Millie Bobby Brown and Sebastian Stan and Alden Ehrenreich playing Han Luke and Leia, it's not the same <laughs> as the original. So there is that there is that sort of real world element that means the emotion is no less earned, but just means that much more. That's why that's why at the end of Endgame, all the actors putting the signatures on the screen just meant something like the end of Star Trek VI. It just had that extra, it's the extra icing on the cake that fans gravitate yeah. towards. So I really hope they can nail that because that 3PO moment in that trailer is just, just beautiful. And it I want to know where how we get to that moment it and, is and what at the back end of it yeah yeah it is the it is the crown jewel really of of the trailers for sure for sure well hey guys um uh hey this episode of the star wars report podcast is also brought to you by audible hey get yourself a free star wars audiobook at audibletrial.com slash star wars report you'll get a free membership for 30 days no need to commit you'll get a free audiobook out of it and two audible originals check them out you can get the latest including resistance reborn and of course a lot of star wars titles that are coming in the lead up to the rise of skywalker all available at audibletrial.com slash star wars report Well, guys, that is going to put the wraps on this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Mr. Mark Newbold, Fantha Tracks, tell us what you guys are up to. 
Uh, especially, oh, it's, it's a big week. It's a big week of Star Wars stuff happening. <laughs> We're off to a big start. It's a huge week. We've got trailers coming. We've got episode four of The Mandalorian coming on Friday. There's all sorts of stuff going on. On Saturday, it's Fanta Day down in Fordingbridge here in the UK. So it's a show that we do a couple of times a year. So uh, bring all the kids and uh, have some fun there. Uh, it's farthest from on the Sunday, which is the vintage show. So we've got loads going on and there's... Oh, there's not enough hours in the day, Riley. I don't know how we fit it all in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, we'll have links to your Twitter. That's where everybody can find it. And, of course, it's Fanthatracks, Fanthatracks.com, where you can uh, find that. Hey, also, um, we've got uh, on the non-podcast days, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, putting out a uh, supplemental newsletter uh, that I write personally, just breaking down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news um, just because there's so much stuff every day, I don't want to miss stuff. So uh, it'll also have links to the latest podcast episodes that we've uh, released, and it's going to um, those be my commentary on whatever's going on in the world of Star Wars. So go to starwarsreport.com/mailinglist. And one other plug, uh, just set it up, but um, I encourage you to participate in our super easy ten question. 2019 podcast surveys we look at next year and the future of star wars and what it looks like we're looking to shape the podcast and make it better for you guys so we want to know like the segments you like best the preferred length of time like the kind of guests that you want it's a super easy 10 question survey at starwarsreport.com slash survey email us like tristan did or paul did uh, starwarsreport at gmail.com facebook.com slash starwarsreport and of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars Report. If you're listening to us on uh, the Apple Podcast app, hey, leave us a rating and review. It really helps get the word out about the show. Um, and regardless of where you listen to us, hey, share us with a friend, a uh, Star Wars fan that you know. Let them know that, hey, you should listen to this Star Wars Report thing. They're counting down to our Rise of Skywalker. So share the podcast with the people that you know love Star Wars. Just like I talked about in the opening segment, share Star Wars with people that you love. Like, that's that's the most fun, especially with the new movie coming out. Now's the time to do it. Um, hey, also check us out. We're available in Spotify and Google Play. Uh, so check us out there as well. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>